I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Bad Dad, Rad Dad, where we look for better dads one movie at a time. I'm Kylie. And I'm Elliot. And we're going to talk about the movies we watched this week before crowning the baddest dad and raddest dad of them all. And as always, dad is an energy, not a gender. So the Oilers are out. Yeah. Oh, wah, wah. Yeah. I think other people are sadder than us because they, I'm... They, they care. Care a lot. Oh, and we don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't really care. And it's nice to have time back. But yeah. I... um. I do find something like a little sweet about like the camaraderie that happens. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I've been able to have conversations with people I don't always have conversations with and and that kind of thing. But I am happy to get three days a week back. Big time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. The The camaraderie just across the city and how happy people were when the Battle of Alberta was happening and, and Edmonton was winning. That was great. And there was an excitement about going into each game, but as we just started getting clobbered, it was like, okay, this is a lot of time that this is taking up. But I am happy to get that time back. Yeah. Now. No more sports. We're not really sporty people. Not really. We're like big bandwagon hoppers when it oh, comes yeah. to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, something that we are, though, or at least I am, are rain people. I'm a rain person. Rain is my favorite kind of weather. Yes. And the weather in Edmonton has been saying it's going to rain all week for a long time and then not raining. Yeah. And today. Finally. Finally, it started raining. And when did it start raining? When we went for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and we were like fairly far away from our house when all of a sudden it started like splattering. It, I mean, to be fair, it looked like it was going to rain when we stepped out the door, but I was like, I want to go for a walk. Yeah. So, um, I, I honestly, there was a summer and I have summers where I, I'm not working in the summer because I'm a teacher. Um, you know this, mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe not everybody listening does, yeah. but there was a summer that it rained a lot and I go for a lot of walks in the summer when I'm like, I got nothing better to do. I'm by myself. Um, and it rained a lot when I'd be out walking and I kind of liked it. I kind of like walking in the rain. 
Yeah. It's Even nice. when it's really rainy. We got caught in the rain a lot when we first started playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be yeah. just like out trying to catch a bunch of stuff. And I, I've never been caught in the rain as much as we did that summer. And I think that I was still playing Pokemon Go a lot this summer that I got caught in the rain a lot. So maybe I need to um, revisit Pokemon Go. It's been a while. Just to get you out. <laughs> just to get me out and about. <laughs> um, but the the funniest thing we need to talk about is um, something we did for the first time ever at a movie theater uh, just a couple <laughs> days ago. Yeah. What did we do? So we saw, or at least I saw on the internet a few days ago that a new trailer for Jordan Peele's movie, Nope, dropped. And I saved it to the watch later. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I, like, because I've said, Already, because we've seen the original Nope trailer so many times. Yeah, it it's plays a t- on every, every movie. cinema movie, yeah. Yeah. And I've said to you, I'm like, I don't think that I want to see anymore. Like, I want to go into this not knowing any more than what's in this trailer. Because the trailer yeah. is really good. The teaser trailer? Yeah. Yeah. And for both Get Out and Us, I felt like I saw the whole movie in the trailer. Yeah. I remember watching the Get Out trailer and being like, I wish I had never seen that because I feel like I know way more than I need to know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it it dropped on like, I don't know, Thursday or something. And then the movie that we went to a couple days ago, we were just like, I think you brought it up. You're like, oh, what if they show the Nope trailer? And you were convinced they wouldn't. You're like, nah, like that doesn't vibe with this movie. But then what trailer did they play where I was like, well, they'll play that. Oh, they played the Black Phone trailer. And it, I was like, if they'll play the Black Phone trailer, they'll play Nope. But it was the weirdest. So the, the movie we went to see was Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion. And it was the most confusing set of trailers Yeah, I've ever seen yeah. at, in front of a movie. That like, official selection with Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas was in it. And then like Minions. And like then, two Minions. Like two, like one proper trailer and then one like teasery trailer. Yeah. And then Nope. And then Black Phone. It, I, you know what I think it is? I think there's still like not as many movies coming out in the theater as like pre-COVID and so they only have so many trailers to run. <laughs> I guess so. Because we've seen a lot of the same trailers. Yeah. Um. But lo and behold, this started playing. Yeah. So what did we do? <laughs> like a couple little babies. We closed our eyes super tight and plugged our ears <laughs> the whole time and just like looked down <laughs> and like from an outsider's perspective i'm just like i wonder if <laughs> people saw that they're like oh are they scared <laughs> or like or like we're protest like we have something against the movie and are like protesting like we won't engage with this jordan peele oh. nope <laughs> <laughs> but get it yeah yeah <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Aw, but we did it together. It was us. <laughs> um, we got puns. Yeah, we do. All day. All day with the puns. But yeah, so we just like hunkered down as best as we could. You could still hear the audio pretty clearly. But I like tried a little hum action. Not too oh, loud. I was going to do that. But then I was like, that seems like it's taking it too far. I, it was intermittent for me. This is a long trailer. <laughs> you had a person sitting beside you. Yeah. You're probably like, why is this person closing their eyes, <laughs> plugging their ears, and humming? Why is this person baby? <laughs> because um, I'm baby. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm baby. Um, yeah. So, try like avoided it, and yeah, I still f- I feel like I learned nothing even from the bits and 
bits that I heard. So I kind of suspect, though, this won't be the last time we have to close our eyes and plug our ears in a movie theater when that trailer comes on. Yeah. Before it comes out in like mid to late July. Yeah, you're probably right. I am. I'm really excited for this movie. I think it's going to be yeah. cool. Yeah, me too. Um. Well, and you too. Like after that dropped, you actually took to Reddit and asked people, "Hey." Is the, tra- is, the trailer- is the trailer really revealing? And like yeah. 10 or so people were like, yeah, it is. I'd avoid it. And then one person was like, if you get upset about mild spoilers, then yeah, don't watch it. And I was like, whoa, I don't get upset. I just get bummed out. Oh, like, classic not- internet. <laughs> yeah. Classic internet. Reddit is such a nice place. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do. I get upset about mild spoilers. <laughs> Gosh. Get off my back. <laughs> So yeah, still, still excited, still looking forward to Nope, and we'll not be watching this new trailer, no matter how hard you try to get us to watch it. Yeah, yeah. and we'll watch it afterwards, then see if we were, if it was the right choice to not watch it to begin with. Yeah, it'll be an interesting experiment, because like, yeah. there's the, <laughs> I just like, I get so excited for the stuff that I like, so when stuff comes out, I just want to like, oh yes. Oh, we have watched the watch Marsala Shell trailer so many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did that with everything everywhere all at once. We're like, we saw the trailer once ages ago and we're like excited for it, but didn't know a ton about it. Mm-hmm. And then we rewatched it after we saw the movie and we're like, whoa, that reveals so much. Yeah. But I think we just didn't know enough about it to start with for it to have stuck in our brains. But like, I've been anticipating Nope for so long. Yeah. That if I watch that trailer, I will remember it. Yes. So, I agree. I, I swear I only saw that everything everywhere all at once trailer once. Yeah. And and I just didn't remember it when we went and saw the movie. So yeah, it was so far out from yeah. when we actually saw it. Yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we didn't rewatch yeah, it. Because there it, was stuff in the trailer that I was so surprised, like happily yeah. surprised to see when we saw the movie. So yeah. I, Trailers are a tricky, tricky, tricky business. We have some people in our lives that like just full stop won't watch trailers, and I'm like. I get it. I yeah. get it. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. So we got five movies. It's been a been a minute. And hey, when we're not trying to watch Oilers, we're we, watching movies. We're watching movies. Um, and and shockingly, we usually we're like really jazzed on almost everything we watched, with maybe like one that we're like, oh, I didn't like it as much, but few more that we didn't love this week. Um, mm-hmm. And and we'll talk about that. But why don't you start us out with the? We we also saw a lot of movies like brand new movies this week. Um, But we started with one that isn't brand new Mm -hmm. and you picked it. Yeah, this one is near and dear to my heart. I love this movie so much. We watched Disney and Pixar's Inside Out from 2015. It's uh, directed and written by Pete Docter and Ronnie Del Carmen. It was, and it was written by a bunch of people. I tried looking it up. It's just like tons of people wrote wrote (laughs) this thing. It's more like a TV show. Yeah. Writer's room. Yeah. Uh, it stars uh, the voice talents of Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Louis Black, Mindy Kaling, and I think just like perfectly cast Phyllis Smith. Richard Kind, Girl Talk. Girl Talk. Um, the synopsis, after young Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, conflict on how best to navigate a new city, house, and school. Did I say conflict? You did, yeah. Oh. You you emphasized. God, so dumb. You are not. Um, I just wanted to watch something that we loved. Mm. And I was just in the mood for something. Like it was the start of the week and we had a, 
bit of a busier weekend and I was like, I just want to like come down with this. And this movie's actually been, I've had a few movies that I want to watch just rattling around my brain, mm-hmm. that, uh, both new and rewatches. And this was one of them. And I'm like, this is a perfect night for this. So, so I want to throw it on. Uh, what do you think of Inside Out? So we've seen it a few times. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's like up there. Like, it's it's up there and like it's probably one of my top three Pixar movies. Yeah, and I think the thing about Inside Out is it's um, just reflecting back. I've been really, really happy with kind of the direction that Pixar and Disney movies have taken with like addressing the like emotional lives of children and like, you know, creating these spaces for like it not just to be about like romance and magic and that kind of, not that that stuff isn't fun, but just really exploring these other kinds of things. And I think this was the first one that really did that. Yeah. Where I was like, whoa, what kinds of conversations does this open between like adults and the children in their lives? And, you know, what kind of space does this give for children to understand their interior lives and their emotions growing up? And how frigging cool is that as opposed to just like a little mermaid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I remember being really impressed with that when we saw it and it still is just really I think it's really cool and important well it's so that's so interesting to me too because like I remember seeing this in the theater and we saw it with (laughs) our niece and her dad yeah Um, and she how old would she have been because if she she was born 2015 she was born 2012 so she would have been three three. okay so she's the age that our one of our other nieces is right now which yes that's interesting (laughs) interesting to think about yeah yeah. because like I know I'm wondering if kids when they watch this if they don't because i feel like adults watching this just have like full-on breakdowns because this is like just hits on another level i remember our little our little nugget being bored (laughs) being really bored do you remember what what happened to the way she was sitting halfway through the movie it's one of my favorite things so she was she was so small and the way the theater seats if you know theater seats the seat part usually folds up until you sit in it and then your weight keeps it down. But she was so small that she couldn't keep the seat down with her weight and she didn't want to sit on one of the hard plastic booster seats. Understandable. Yeah. Um, so she kind of like slid back in the seat and then the seat started folding up <laughs> and I looked <laughs> I looked over at one point and she's just essentially just like watching the movie with her head between her two legs <laughs> that were like folded in like she's sandwiched her bo- into her the- body's just folded in half in between the seat yeah. and the back of the seat yeah. <laughs> and she just seemed totally like a little bit zoned out of that movie um yeah it it was entertaining so just like, I don't know. It, there's a lot of just like walking and talking in that movie. Yeah. Like the yeah. the kind of like bigger, bigger, like action-y, if you can use that word, set pieces are very few and far between throughout the movie. And even they are pretty like, there's a minimalism to them and like the, like the color and brightness is like in a minimalistic way. Yeah. Like it's not. I like I have a bone to pick with some other Pixar movies that I, I generally like, but then they throw these like little kiddish things in them. So, so I'm thinking up. I like don't care for the talking dog at all. Yeah. But I guess the talking dog is there so that, you know, kids don't accordion, accordion themselves into movie seats and just be bored. Yeah. But I don't need animated movies to be for kids. I need <laughs> yeah. them to be for me. And like, yeah, this one. 
I, I don't I don't know how much for kids this is. Like I feel like you have to kind of be a little bit of an older kid, maybe to not be a three year old kid to I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my students about this this week because they a lot of them would have been really young when this came out or not alive yet. Right. Possibly. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them like when they when they first saw it and when they first started liking it because I've actually used the language from this movie with students before. I had them use this language. So being like, oh, that's a blue core memory moment and like things like that. <laughs> nice. And I think like how cool to have that kind of language and be able to um, know what that means. Yeah. Um, so like they've definitely like, definitely grew up. A lot of them, I think, did grow up with it. But I'm I would be curious to know at what point they liked it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd be curious about that, too. Because it's not like our niece is, like, representative of all children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she also made us watch Mon the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of Monsters, Inc. repeatedly, and then we get bored and shut it off. That was, like, previously my favorite. I think that's yeah. another top three for me, but I feel like it might have <laughs> gone down from number one just because of... The... How many times we watched a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think this is just like Pixar at its best here. Mm -hmm. Like I, Pixar has such a great control over building this like little, like a little universe within each of its films. And they absolutely nailed just the idea of emotions and how needed different emotions are and how they affect different people and how they work within different people. Like I think I, I hope this isn't spoilery. And if it is, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to wait but, till people tell you later and then but, cut it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But something that really like I almost started crying <laughs> this time when we watched it. And I feel like I did last time, too, is like when we there's a few sequences like we spend most of the time inside Riley's head and with her emotions. But we jump to other characters a few times throughout the movie. And when we jump to the like in in Riley's head, the main emotion that's in control is joy. Mm hmm. But when we jump into the mom's head, the main emotion that's in control is sadness. Mm -hmm. Totally different kind of sadness than what mm -hmm. Riley's sadness is, which I also think is super cool to be like, even if the primary emotions for everyone as depicted in this film are fear, disgust, joy, sadness, and anger, one person's anger might look different than another person's anger, which I think is also really insightful and, and interesting. Yeah, because like even um, Riley's... Um, sadness is like a very exaggerated very literal version of sad mm -hmm. of the emotion sadness mm -hmm. but the mom's is just very like it seems very like calculated and like calm and a world weary sadness right yeah exactly like, and but then that's true of life right like what what sad means to me might be different than what sad means to you yeah and when we cut away to the dads anger is the the head over there so like i just think that I feel like that's something I know that I missed it probably like first time through, mm -hmm. but like it's little deal. It's little details like that, that Pixar does that just kind of exhibit how thoughtful they are about everything that they've put together in their the films, not all of their films, but th this is what they're kind of masters at when they get it right. Mm -hmm. um, but, oh man, that just like that crushed me mm -hmm. <laughs> just thinking about it this time. Um, yeah, and something. Yeah, like it's just like something that really resonated with me. But I don't know. I I 
I love this movie so much. And I've, I've never, if you would have told me that a character named Bing Bong would make me sob and still, <laughs> like, after watching this movie a bunch of times, still get yeah, to like, me. Girl talk still makes me cry. <laughs> oh, girl talk. Richard Kind, you gem. But I also feel like, I'm curious how what you think of this, but I feel like this, for me, kind of touches on some similar feelings that everything everywhere all at once kind of triggers in me too. Like this very base level, very human, like very simple kind of emotional tug that happens. Yes. Yes and no. I think the thing about everything everywhere all at once that gets me is the like how those feelings facilitate conflict, all of those different things with other people, whereas Inside Out is very much about the individual interior life. Yes. Um, and so, and it's very much like Riley's interior life. Not not that it isn't Evelyn's story and everything ever wrote once, but it feels like I can relate to a lot of aspects of it. Um, whereas I can't necessarily relate to everything that's going on with Riley. There are a couple moments that I find like really intense and really sad in this movie. And even yes. though I always know they're coming, like it's still... Still gets me. Still gets, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say that I consistently feel that um, powerful sadness, like beautiful sadness, the entire time the way I do with everything ever all at once. Yes. Not that I feel it the entire time either, but it's a, it's more prolonged in everything ever all at once. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. I think it's just for me, just like this very like, reflective about myself and my emotions and how I choose to go about the world. Just tell the truth. You wanted to watch Inside Out because you were sad about the Oilers getting out of the playoffs, just like Riley gets sad about hockey. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. The whole thing is like she's a hockey player and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you, you just needed to like, yeah, this, was a, this was a joke. This, But maybe there was a, a subconscious connection there because you've talked to me and and perhaps on the show about how you often like will use movies to be able to express an emotion that you're struggling to express otherwise. <laughs> so maybe you felt sadder about the oh Oilers god. getting out of the playoffs than you than you realized. Oh my god, do I love the Oilers? <laughs> <laughs> are you number one Oilers fan? Am I hockey baby? <laughs> <laughs> I think you are hockey baby. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Just rocked your world. No kidding. I have a lot of things to think about now. <laughs> um, yeah. I was ha- I was so happy to watch this again. Still love it. Still think it's amazing. How'd it make you feel? I think this movie, um, it makes me feel like a little less alone. Oh, like, just not, nice. not, not, <laughs> not like alone alone, but like. I get it. That like, you know, the feelings that I have that are sometimes tough, like everybody has those and that's okay and that's normal and that's important to recognize. And I just like find it really beautiful to think about all of the different people who get to watch this movie and be like, yes, sadness has a place in in life and we don't always have to push those bad feelings away. Mm-hmm. And I just the way that it probably, it does for me at different times, depends on when I watch the movie, just validate the importance of that, I think is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You? It just makes me feel all the feels. Yeah, you I, love that. Uh, I do too. Big time. I love stuff that makes me laugh. I love stuff that makes me cry. Preferably both in the same film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's great. Yeah, it's great. Be watching this one a lot. Yeah, it won't be the last time. Big time. Okay, so for the next movie, 
We went to the theater and saw the new David Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future. 2022, Ooh. first of three. Yeah. Um, so it was directed and written by David Cronenberg, a big old Canadian baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it stars Leah Sidhu, Kristen Stewart, and Viggo Mortensen. The synopsis. Humans adapt to a synthetic environment with new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, Saul Tenser, celebrity performance artist, publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in avant-garde performances. So we wanted to see this because we're, again, we've talked about this a few times, but we're very early on in our David Cronenberg journey, and we haven't seen some of his more highly regarded works but we were kind of excited to see that he had a new movie coming out Mm. because he hasn't put out one in some time that was like body horror like i feel like his last couple have been like history violence and eastern promises and the trailer was really intriguing and seemed to have some of those like kind of gross out sort of things that we were kind of interested in in terms of his work so yeah we wanted to check this one out what do you think of Crimes of the Future? I feel like such a bummer saying this, but I like didn't really like it. Yeah. I feel like bad about that. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. I sometimes it's hard for me to separate if like I would have liked it at a different time in a different venue. Cause like I was pretty tired. It's pretty slow. Mm. It's pretty long. The audience wasn't super into it. We had some like really chatty Cathy's and like, I mean, we saw it on like cheap night. And sometimes I wonder like if that just brings out folks who are like, oh, we'll just see anything. And then they're and then they're bored and they're chatting. But I don't know. So I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg like you you mentioned. Um, I have seen History of Violence in Eastern Provinces like back in the day. But I literally remember nothing about them other than that like stare scene. Yeah. I don't even know which one that's in History of Violence. Yeah. Um. So I don't, yeah, I don't recall having, obviously, if I don't remember them, I didn't love them or hate them. I feel like I probably remembered either way. Yeah. Loved The Fly. Yeah. Loved it. Did not love Scanners. I'm really worried. I'm starting to get worried that we may have set the bar too high by watching The Fly first. Well, what I'm starting to think is like, maybe I just don't vibe with David Cronenberg. Like maybe The Fly was an exception and then more of his, because Crimes of the Future had a very similar vibe to Scanners. Yes. That's what that's called, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, if this is more what his vibe is, maybe I just am not into it. Yeah. Because a lot of people that have like similar film tastes to me quite liked this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so what am I missing? Yeah. What am I not getting? Right. I mean, I had a similar takeaway as you. Like, I felt the same way mm-hmm. about this film. Like, I didn't, I didn't love it. And yeah, there was like, I think like there was a couple of things with it that in terms of positives had very cool effects. Yes. Like very cool. The use of practical effects in this. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Some of it very gross. Which which, I love. Which is like what we were there for (laughs) mostly. So yeah, like just the dedication to wanting to keep things practical and like set in reality was awesome. Um. It also had two very babely babes in it that I was very happy to see. Yeah. In, uh, I have a big Lisa old, I have a big old crush Stewart. on Kristen Stewart. Who doesn't? 
My goodness. Yeah. And she was just like. But she was weird. She was she, weird. <laughs> she, 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 like, it was like, I was like, is this charming? Or no. is this just really strange? And a little creepy. A little annoying, a little creepy. A little crappy. And I thought she was underused. Yeah. Which, like, th- that's fine. It's not like. They're just like, we need a weird moment. <laughs> Throw get, case to get, it. <laughs> get case to in here. Um. Yeah. It just, yeah, it felt very, like, self-indulgent. Like, I, f- I feel like, I feel like that's mean. Because uh, some people really liked it. it and that's fine. But yeah. it, just, it just felt, I don't know, it just, there was this kind of pretentiousness about it that I was just kind of like. But I think that that's what his film, like, I think that's what Scanners was like, too. Yeah. So it's not like it's him being like, oh, I'm I'm in 2022 and I'm David Cronenberg, so I can do what I want. I think this is what he's always done. And The Fly, what we liked about The Fly, snappy runtime, I think. The mm, Fly, I think yeah, it's I can like remember. closer to an hour and a half. That's tight. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just, I, I do still want to see Crash. I want to see Naked Lunch. Um, I think our friend Tabitha, I think it was Tabitha, said she really likes Existence. Right. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't know anything about it. Well, I've I've been actually hearing a lot of people just like chatter on the internet comparing this one to Existence and like people liking, kind of like going one way or the other. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I didn't like this, but I really like Existence or vice versa. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know what? I want to see Cosmopolis with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Like I still, I'm not like, okay, I'm done with you, David Cronenberg. And I, yeah, yeah. I didn't hate this movie. I just like thought I would really like it. Yeah, I agree. And like, Call me ignorant because, again, I haven't seen very much of his stuff. Yeah. But exa- you're exactly right. That's what I kind of felt when we saw Scanners. And that's what I felt here. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe that's just his style and I just need to, like, cool it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and that's what I mean. Like, I just keep thinking, like, maybe I just don't like David Cronenberg films and that's okay. You know, like, there's some directors I love that, like, people who have similar tastes as me don't really like their work. Like, who don't mm-hmm. like Ari Aster or don't like Robert Egg- Eggers. Right. And it's like, but do like other directors that i really like um and maybe this is just one that like no matter how much i want to like this canadian body horror baby maybe it's just not i don't know what i will say mm-hmm. to talk about some good things and talk about setting the bar too high like we did with the fly the opening scene in this was so good very cool and then like for me the rest of the film didn't deliver like yeah. the opening scene was horrifying confusing but in a good way yeah so gross and weird in a good way um and then it never really quite matched that again for me and i was like well i think i wanted to because the like our main players aren't in that opening scene and i was like well i guess i just wanted to live in that world then yeah um i really (laughs) i just like couldn't get on board with whatever was going on with vico's wardrobe <laughs> like it, it just he looked like a Sith. You know, it just didn't work for me. And then his whole like I'm kneeling the whole film, which like later on I found out is because he like got in an injury at, at like the Kentucky Derby or something. <laughs> um, I think that's right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double, I'm gonna fact check that so that I don't just like spread a weird rumor. Um, <laughs> a weird rumor. I would love if that got picked up. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> hot take. <laughs> Figo hurt himself at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, <laughs> change my mind. <laughs> change, change my mind. It was on the IMDb trivia. Now I can't find it. I'm gonna write Kentucky Derby and see what happens. 
<laughs> just in Google? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I, wrote, I wrote Vigo Mortensen Injury Crimes of the Future Kentucky Derby. That didn't work. So I'm going to go back to the IMDb page. Keep talking while I look this up because this cannot be exciting for other people. You talk about what you thought of his outfit. Um, yeah, I just he looked like a Sith Lord to me. And yeah, he's always like just like creeping, creeping around like in little corners. And he's like this like performance artist guy. So he already has this kind of like pretentious, like I'm too cool, too cool for school. I'm edgy kind of vibe. So yeah, just... it was at the Kentucky Derby. What happened? Okay, Vigo Mortensen suffered quad trauma when struck by a non-participating horse at the American Kentucky Derby. And as a result, <laughs> was unable to stand for periods longer than two minutes. This resulted in his character constantly kneeling while giving exposition and monologues. And he does that a lot, which tells you that this movie has a lot of exposition and <laughs> monologues. Homeboy's always crouching. Well, I'm glad that my rumor would have been true. Well, first of all, I want to know why a non-participating horse is at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> and what Vigo was doing Who so Who brought close this to it. horse here? <laughs> and why is it kicking people? Get it out. Um, so that was like, you know, honestly, the kneeling like kind of went with the vibe and stuff, but it wasn't a vibe I was into. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple um, body horror scenes that are like real good. Yeah. Where I was like, oh. There were some people beside us who couldn't, ha or no, in front of us. They were like closer to the front who couldn't handle it. I'm like, do you not know who David Cronenberg is? Like, they were getting real upset. They were like, oh, gross. And I'm like, yes, correct. <laughs> could have uh, I could have used more of that. I think the grossest thing for you was just something Vigo kept doing oh, throughout the movie. That oh. wasn't even like gory. <laughs> it's just like a very like human thing. That... Oh, it was terrible for, for me. Yeah. And it was, yeah, and it was obviously supposed to be gross. Well, I mean, I hated it too. Like. Yeah, I don't, like, <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who, like, they're kind of, they don't, either don't find it gross, they feel neutral about it, or they like it, but I am not one of those. <laughs> I hope somebody likes it. <laughs> I hope somebody likes it. <laughs> gross. That's, they just listen to ASMR of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so yeah, I, um, hmm, I'm not, I'm not done trying to watch david cronenberg movies but um i'm starting to wonder if his movies aren't really my thing yeah i think that what we maybe need to do is a kind of our plan of attack moving forward with david cronenberg it's just let's pick those those kind of more highly regarded ones that we for sure want to see like naked lunch crash video I drone want to see naked lunch i want to see naked lunch okay <laughs> <laughs> all right How'd this make you feel? Uh, made me feel like a little restless. Like I, I found myself like being really like fidgety during the movie, which like mm -hmm. I know that you, you don't comment on it often, but every once in a while you do comment on it in such a way that tells me that you notice it all the time and are annoyed, which is that I'm fidgety at home. Mm. Like you say, I'm I'm never like I've I've got that like restless foot syndrome. But that but I am pretty still at the movies, wouldn't you say? Yeah, And I found myself like tapping the like, like running my hand along the like railing next <laughs> to me and then like shifting in my seat and like, that's not typical of me. Like I just was really like, I wasn't engaged in the film. Yeah. And I'm almost always, and it wasn't the audience that was pulling me out of it, although it didn't help. I just like, I wasn't sucked into the film. Yeah. You? Yeah, it was kind of the same. Like I just kind of, it. It didn't hold my attention and grab my attention the way I wanted it to. Um, and yeah, like, 
while it did like gross me out a little bit here and there, like it, it didn't give me the full gross out that I wanted. Grosser uh, than scanners, though. We were disappointed. Dis- disappointed. Disappointed. In the la- disappointed in the lack of gross and scanners. And like when it goes gross, it goes full gross in this. And I was definitely here for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Just wanted more. Yeah. Wanted well, more. I don't know if I wanted more. I wanted better. For <laughs> different. Me. Wanted different. Somebody else will do that for us. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Different movie. Another day, another movie. <laughs> How it goes here. <laughs> Bad dad, rad dad. I, uh, I got a chance to, we only, we each only got one mystery movie pick this week. Um, this was mine. I picked the 2018 film Shoplifters. Directed and written by Hirokazu Korea and starring uh, Lily Frankie, Sakura Ando, Kirin Kiki, Mayu Matsuko, or Matsuka, sorry, uh, Gio Kaira and Miyu Sasaki. Um, the synopsis, real um, to, oh, I'm hitting things here. Real to the point synopsis. I like this. A family of small time crooks take in a child they find outside in the cold. Perfect. So I picked this. I I honestly didn't really know anything about it, but it's I've seen it floating around as like a highly regarded movie. It's on the top narrative films on Letterboxd. Mm. Um, really liked the cover. I judge books by their covers. I judge movies by their covers. Sue me. <laughs> um, but I thought that you had heard of it. Turns out you hadn't. Um, and so this was a real, like, you really, really, really didn't know anything about this. What did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of it. At, 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 n- nothing at all. I had no like, idea. Not even the title. No, it Rang showed no up. I'm like, oh, all right. Shoplifters. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but yeah, like, I just thought that this was such a lovely exploration of what family means and mm-hmm. the idea of family and the the idea of found family mm-hmm. and the role that that can take for different people yeah i i literally have written down exploration of what it means to be a family and i and i found it like really intricate and complex and like leaves room for the viewer to like place themselves and their thoughts into it without being like here is exactly what you need to think about this like it was really heavy and beautiful our favorite and um yeah just intricate is is a word that keeps coming back to me yeah yeah and just like it just so it it very it has like patience and it just shows like it just very like delicately like kind of Mm -hmm. reveals like the truth behind like each of our characters Mm -hmm. and where they come from and how they've come together and how important that that coming together of all of them has been for, for all of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is crafted so beautifully and just showing the complexities within these characters. Like it's, it's really, it's really great. Like, and like the acting is amazing. Yeah. Especially um, there's two like quite young kid actors in it and they're very good. Then they, they're in it a lot. Yeah. They're very, very good. Um, just like last week, Petite Mama, the, the two kid actors in that were so impressive. I was once again really impressed with the the younger actors in this movie. Mm, yeah, just being able to like convey so much without even dialogue a lot of the time. Yeah, like there was just some like really impressive acting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I had never seen, obviously neither of us had, never, had ever seen a movie um, by this director, but apparently he's made some like pretty darn good things, so... That's uh, on my radar now, and and that he's often exploring family, like mm. that's that's a recurring 
focus in, in his work. Um, I love that. Yeah, definitely keep it on the list. Um, and I, an interesting part about it is um, at first I found I was finding it a little confusing. Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Who, who's who's this person to this person? And like, what's going on here? And then um, at a certain point, I realized that was on purpose. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because you and I were, wow. you and I were kind of doing that. We, that we paused like, it to be like, okay, who's this? Yeah, yeah. who's this again? Um, and at first I was kind of faulting the film for that and being like, well, I'm not going to like this. Um, yeah. And then when I realized how purposeful that was, that like we are meant to feel confused. We're meant to not totally get it. Um, then I was like, wow, brilliant. This is so <laughs> yeah. good. Um, I also just really, not knowing the director, I... Um, I was really impressed with how sets were used and yeah. like even, you know, I, I even found the the main set piece where the, where the family is living kind of confusing. Like it wasn't until par- partway through the, through the film that I was like, oh, it's actually a bigger space than I first thought. Yeah. And um, that also felt purposeful that this like expanding out, like as we learn more and more about these characters and how they're all connected to each other we see more and more of the um, space they're living in and, and understand how the different rooms in there are connected to the other rooms and that kind of stuff. Like just this visual kind of parallel to, to what's happening with the characters is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautifully shot and it's really funny too. Yeah. It has great humor in it. Really sweet, really complicated, really beautiful, just really human. sad, yeah. really human. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it kind of made you question a little bit of you know is what's going on here i mean is it ethical is it the right thing to do should it be happening um even though there's a lot of love and care that's going on between our characters and this family that they've built together just maybe kind of like reframe that in my mind a little bit yeah i mean it I- and I, I like movies like this where there isn't an inherent morality to the film. Like you have to bring mm-hmm. your own. Like I feel like the film explores what it does as non-judgmentally as it possibly can, and um, and then we have to bring the the rest to it. And each person might bring something different, but it definitely explores that idea of just because something's legal doesn't mean it's right, and just because something's illegal doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, and like the world is too complicated for that. And uh, it's easy to forget that, I think. Um, yeah. It's one that I need to, re- like, I'll have to watch it again. I think. Yeah. Like, I'll, like being able to watch it again, knowing where it's going to go, um, understanding all of the the bits and pieces that aren't quite revealed until later on from the get-go, I think will reframe how I watch it. And I, it's always just a good, it's got to be a great film if I want I'm excited to rewatch it and know that I'll have a different experience with it when I watch it again. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I re- yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. I mean, it's it's on the top narrative films on Letterboxd, so I'm, I'm not not uh, breaking the mold here, <laughs> but I, I... It's there for a reason. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, how did it make you feel? It just made me feel really, like, reflective on the importance of chosen family and the like those that you choose to keep around you and to share your life with and yeah and and the fact that it's something that you build yourself so there's a there's like a bit of an essence of pride in that too that 
you know, out of the traditional sense of, of just family or like in the sense of like having kids or, or just kind of following that, that you don't like, that's not necessarily what makes a family. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that you and I have talked about a lot as people who are choosing not to get legally married, that like, it's not to us, it's not a legal binding that makes us connected and, and living our lives together. It's a choice we make every day. Not to say that people who get legally married aren't also doing that, but that um, it's not some title or paper that's going to make us be a couple. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this film ex- explores not that specifically, but that idea of um, there's a vulnerability to that too, right? When when so much of the connections in your life are chosen, yeah, that means that that choice can change. Yeah. And it's allowed, it's allowed to. And, and I also think it's allowed to with family that we haven't chosen, but that's not a popular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also believe that just because your, your family, the parts, the, your families are unchosen. Um, I don't think that those should be bonds that we are beholden to forever. I think there needs to be accountability and responsibility and choice in that too. Yeah, I mean, this podcast is born out of us having complicated relationships <laughs> yeah. with our dads. And the choices they've made and the choices we make. Yeah, and um, we're allowed to change our minds about how we feel about them and the their relation to us through family and what mm-hmm. that means. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a really, yeah, I, I felt like I really appreciated the the complexity of this movie and it just gave me those beautiful, heavy feelings, which are my Favorite, mm. favorite feelings to get from music and books and movies yeah. and TV shows. I love when it's beautiful and heavy. Absolutely. Chef's kiss. Speaking of something that's neither beautiful nor heavy. Oh, heavens. If you if you watched our Instagram story that, that I posted, you know, you kind of already have an idea of where my head's at for this one. But we went and saw Jurassic World Dominion. Came out 2022. Directed by Colin Trevorrow. Uh, written by Colin Trevorrow, Emily Carmichael, and Derek Connolly. And it stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and the amazing, as always, Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Synopsis, four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar, dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on the on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures that in is a new era. Hardly what the movie's about. It's it sound it makes it sound a lot grander. Yeah. Than what it does. <laughs> I I felt no exploration or worry about whether human beings would remain the apex predator. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later about how there 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 is a good movie to be made here this wasn't it <laughs> and it's in that synopsis but that synopsis does not synopsize the movie yeah. but also Isla Nublar, some... what is this like gibberish nonsense <laughs> it's been there since the beginning is that where the first movie was yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar. site a baby <laughs> um so like i knew that this wouldn't be amazing <laughs> that's putting it really nicely but I love Jurassic Park so much. Jurassic Park, the first one, is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it Bar so none. much. Yeah, it's it's so good. 
and I've seen every other Jurassic Park movie in the theater. Um, and I, I always, I always get excited for them. Like I'm always stoked to go see the new Jurassic Park movie, even though none of these Jurassic World movies have done it for me. And I love dinosaurs. I think dinosaurs are awesome. So if I get to see them on screen in a movie theater where it can be really loud when they're roaring and stomping around, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, let's start with you. What do you think of Jurassic World Dominion? Okay, so like, to be honest, I wasn't all that interested in seeing it. If you didn't want to go to it, I probably wouldn't have seen it. Fair. Um, I did not like the second movie. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Okay, yeah, um, nope, didn't like it. I didn't remember anything about it either, and this movie definitely wanted me to remember it. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? Um, I remember not minding the first one, but I'm wondering if I rewatched it, if I'd feel differently, if it was just the excitement of having dinosaurs back. Um, So, yeah, I I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Um, It did get me, this is the first one that would like qualify as a legacy film. And that got me into it. They knew what they were doing there. I'm like, because I, I also love Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, not as much as you do, but I love it. I feel like we watch it at least once a year. Yeah. I mean, and it's usually your doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, I watched it as a kid. I'm cool, too. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that seemed like you weren't being sincere. Uh, I'm sincere. <laughs> that also sounds like you're not being sincere. No. I'm cool too. Yes. Okay. Uh, still, I'm gonna brush past it, and I'm gonna feel my own confidence in my coolness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just being mean. Yeah, I am. Um, you have a lot of Jurassic Park toys. Hell yeah. I will attribute this to the fact that you got every toy you ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was um, <laughs> I had a couple like Mc- free McDonald's Lion King toys, and me and my sister would. Take plastic cups from our our house, fill them with scalding hot water, put them around our fireplace, and then pretend those were the hot springs on Pride Rock and that the fireplace was Pride Rock. You actually had Pride Rock. Yeah. Um, I wasn't risking third degree burns. (laughs) But (laughs) You lived a different kind of life than me. I had to use my imagination less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's pros to pros that. Um. So yeah, you definitely like we have a box full of your Batman and Jurassic Park toys. Those were the the things you chose to keep when your parents sold their house. Yeah. Um well, this is getting really off track. Uh <laughs> so I wasn't all that interested in seeing it and it wasn't very good. All right. Would you agree? I was I was interested in seeing it. It wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um for well, like the first thing for me is the marketing drove me nuts. It was so pretentious in that it didn't have the name anywhere. It was just like the logo. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't pay and attention to it. It's just like, it just made me feel like it thinks that it's just too, it's getting too big for its britches. <laughs> and it's like. You have a real problem with pretension this weekend. <laughs> I do. It's like, get off your high horse, <laughs> which isn't even supposed to be at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and. And just like write the name on it. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it irked me. I didn't like it. Um, but what I will say here is that on display is the mastery of CG dinosaurs. They looked great. Yeah. But it didn't do anything for me. <laughs> yeah. Everything we saw, we had seen before. 
Yeah. I mean, like, there is a bit of blending between practical yep. and CG. Especially with, like, smaller dinos, you can tell they're practical. Yeah. Which is cool, because that's what they did in the original Jurassic Park, and the CG there doesn't hold up as well. It's not terrible. It's not bad. But it's definitely fake. Yeah. But, like, to be not bad and not take you out of the movie for a movie that was from the early 90s. Pretty impressive. Pretty awesome. Um, But other than that, I thought the dialogue was, like, real hammy. <laughs> like, I think it was so hammy that, like, I kind of enjoyed it at times. Like, I laughed a fair amount in this movie, but it was kind of like, huh. But there was, there was one, like, I can't remember what it was, but at one point, like, you were just like, ha, ha. <laughs> it was, what? That's, like, not, that's not the kind of laughing I did in, like, in Everything Everywhere All at Once or a Bob's Burgers movie, right? Uh, it was some, like, silly line of, like, that's not how a plane works. Like, it, was, it wasn't good dialogue. <laughs> yeah, you loved it. <laughs> I did like it. And then there was some, like, legacy character lines that i was like i see you yeah i don't mind that not even our legacy characters our old heroes could save this movie no but i i would i could have just taken a movie with like just them but i liked their moments yeah yeah i just like the the plot of this is so dumb and like i said and like two two this movie wants to be about chosen family <laughs> yeah go watch shoplifters instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no dinos in that but yeah like i just more thematic resonance i just think for something that's marketing itself as the epic conclusion to the jurassic era <laughs> or whatever it's oh so are we just going to a different era next yeah triassic park watch it happen probably um it just like it didn't feel it didn't feel that way it felt like just another just another Jurassic World movie. Like this trilogy has not been good. I haven't. I I could care less about Chris Pratt or yeah Bryce in real Dallas life Howard. or I could care less about Chris Pratt in real life or in this movie. Yeah, he can get out of here. Bryce Dallas Howard, like she she makes. I like Lady in the Water. Yeah, I like Lady in the Water too. She makes like some weird movie choices, but I mean, <laughs> she's like she's directed some stuff that's really cool. Like Mandal- Mandalorian stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, didn't she? Der- or she was in a Black Mirror episode. Oh, did I she think- direct it too? She might or have directed, it? I think Rashida Jones wrote oh, that episode. Maybe it's just a bunch of cool ladies. Yeah. But I just like, I feel like all of the subsequent films after the original Jurassic Park movie just never captured the magic of the first one again do you like any of are there just three from the like original yeah do you like any do you like the second or the third one um the third one's not good the second one is okay (laughs) (laughs) so the answer is no yeah i like the first one is just so it's so great no i could have just stopped there this movie, like Jurassic World Dominion, is too long. It's too, too long. And it's just, it again, like it's just relying on this knowledge. It relies on a lot of knowledge from the previous movie, Fallen Kingdom, mm-hmm. which was not great and just had, a, again, it, the plot was not good of that one. And it was just relying so heavily on it here. 
And I think at one point I'm just, I leaned over to you and I'm like, this is so dumb. <laughs> I'm not here for this. And like, yeah, you you don't typically do that. I did, they had a couple of new characters um, played by DeWanda Wise. So she plays Kayla and then Mamadou Ati plays Ramsey Cole. And I liked those characters. Yeah. But they are really like trope heavy side characters. And I'm just like, eh. Yeah. Like. It seemed like <sighs> every, like not all of our main characters are together. And when they're apart, it's like we need to have these tropey characters with each of our main people. Yeah. So like I liked what, what those character I liked what those actors did with what little their characters were offered. Agreed. Um, but like that was what little their characters were offered was disappointing. But I'm like, this movie's already way too overstuffed. So like maybe we could have just like take we could have taken gotten rid of the Chris Pratt stuff and just had a legacy movie with some of these new characters like that yeah exactly like I feel like like we said with the synopsis there is a good movie here like I want to see I want to see a movie and I'm curious about a movie where dinosaurs are reintegrated into our world yeah. and how do we deal with that like that's an that's an idea that I would talk about when I was like in elementary school I'm like what if we had like you know it was kind of like weather alerts. It's like, oh, we're on T-Rex alert red today. Okay. And like homes are built differently. And like we, we are able to like lock down when like certain dinosaurs are in the air. My brain went to such a different place there, which was that you were going to be like, what if, and then talk some Flintstone stuff. You <laughs> You're know? Like what if we had like. Like garburators like that were. Like Triceratops garburators. Yeah. yeah. What do they say in Flintstones whenever like we see them do their work? <laughs> It's 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it. So you had something. Yeah. My, I just like totally thought you were going to say that. And then I was like, that's the Flintstones. But then you <laughs> didn't say it. Um, and now I'm just talking about this for no reason. But um, like Crimes of the Future, I really liked the first scene of this movie. And then not much else. <laughs> yeah. Although I did laugh a lot. I really did. I So I was reading... I don't know if it was the AV Club review or just some stuff online about how, like, never did it feel like anybody was ever in any real danger. Yeah, everyone has plot armor in this. And, like, Jurassic Park is, like, I've seen it so many times, and that kitchen scene still gets me. Every, like, everybody gets messed up in that movie to some degree. Like, yeah. all of our main characters get messed up or yeah. hurt or injured. Yeah. And you feel you feel the stakes. Yeah, I was going to say, just to finish my thought, is like, while I think that there's a better movie here, yeah, exactly what you were kind of saying with all these kind of side characters who I was more interested mm -hmm. in than our main people. Yeah, have a new movie with them as their main characters. Throw in, yeah, throw in the legacy characters and have a better plot, make a better, <laughs> make a better but movie. But then I wouldn't have followed those last two. I also saw somebody on Letterboxd be like, nobody wants bugs. Like why why do we there bring bugs into this such a big focus on on these bugs i don't care like like it didn't feel like we really saw much like dino stuff there's a couple like really the opening scene and then there's there's a really beautiful scene in like a logging area yeah that's like yeah. quite beautiful um and interesting and then we like don't really see a whole lot of dinos yeah until like closer to i mean this movie's really long so like it is it is a large portion of time, but there's a bunch of space in between um, where, like, it's the dino moments are few and far between. And then when we do see the dino moments, they're just recreations of things we've seen before. Oh, man. This is like, oh, make it bigger. Call it Gigantotototosaurus. Like, <laughs> is that even a real thing or is it like some lab made creature that they created? 
to be like, oh, this is Mega Donna Rex. Like, yeah, like I just, yeah, it's just like this formula of like, we need to have a bigger carnivore that's chasing them. And we're, it's just hitting all the same beats mm -hmm. throughout the movie. Like, as soon as we kind of have like a, a bunch of exposition or like a bunch of like plot dump, we got to have an action scene. And then we have more exposition, exposition and plot dump, and then another action scene. And I came up with a really good idea for a for a new dino movie. Yeah. You want to share that? Yeah, I'm not going to make it. You can steal it from me. Don't. Or if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you do, can I be a part of it and make some money too? I think they should remake Land Before Time in this style, but the dinosaurs don't talk. Yeah. So like realistic land before time and then you said like the lion king and i was like no did they not talk in that no they did, they did yeah like so not like the lion king because that was just bad like a whole new movie like land before time but make it heavy mm -hmm. well it is heavy land before time but make it like realistic heavy yeah like i feel like because even in these movies they give the dinosaurs emotive faces yeah in, at some points and just like it got me thinking because at first I was kind of like land before time, blah, blah, blah. but as, as I thought about it more, I'm like, no, I feel like you could make a realistic, non dialogue driven land before time movie and it could still hit some like really great emotional beats. I think so. So I like that's it. my idea. I like that idea. Um, the dinos do look really good, which makes me be like, well, I want something to like do that, but do it different, do it new. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that I really wanted from this series. And I just like, I don't know. I just want something fresh. And I feel like because Colin Trevorrow was just at the helm for all three, like this was, this is what he wanted to make. He wanted to make this Jurassic trilogy and, he did and do his own thing. I hope he's happy with himself and what he's made. But I like, I want somebody new fresh that like that maybe isn't part of the jurassic properties like it's not like dinosaurs only belong to them in a sea of multiverse movies the daniels made something really special with everything everywhere all at once in the sea of jurassic park movies find the daniels yeah make some make a new make a new dino yeah. a24 Get on oh it. my god. A twenty four, fund my Land Before Time movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, an A twenty four. Land Before Time. Realistic remake. It's gonna happen. Um there like speaking of though, um, there is some like a couple sequences in this that were very like horror, like dr like yeah, there's there some like horror inspo. Um and it was great. And some like callback stuff to like the first movie that I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Nice, like, but there was the also some callback stuff to the first movie that was like eye rolly. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm not, I know how you want me to feel, and I don't feel that All way. you're doing is making me think of a better movie that I'd rather be watching. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway. Um lot of lot of like thoughts on this guy, but how'd it make you feel? Bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bored. Yeah. It just. He didn't even have popcorn. Yeah, I'm just disappointed because of everything I talked about. I just feel like there's a, I feel like there's a really good idea here, mm -hmm. and I just don't like how it was executed, and I'm disappointed. You hear that, Colin? Yeah. You're disappointed, Elliot. You hear that, Colin? 
You blew it. You suck. I'm sure somebody loves this movie. Oh, yeah. Man, God bless him. Yeah. If somebody went walked out of that, it was like, oh my God, that was amazing. I probably would have liked it when I was a kid. Maybe. There's a lot of kids there. Oh my goodness. They, and like they they weren't into it. <laughs> there was a really funny moment. Th- that kid had to have been like four or five and and they said, um, Do you hear how loud the dinosaurs talk? <laughs> <laughs> that kid was just like chatting, 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 chatting the whole movie. <laughs> I'm like, well, whoever's sitting beside them must be super upset because like we were pretty far away and we could like it didn't really bug me because I didn't care about the movie, but But like I said to you too, like when I watched the first Jurassic Park, there's like the one scene where they're in the boardroom talking about the ethics of Jurassic Park as an idea. And that part always bored me as a kid. But then the rest of the movie I thought was awesome. Yeah. Most of this movie is the boardroom scene. Yeah. Um. So if I was a kid, like I love Jurassic Park and loved watching it when I was like three or four years old. Yeah. Jur- the original Jurassic World probably is more appealing to kids because it's not getting into all of this like convoluted stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That takes it takes the action out of it. How do you feel about it? Oh, disappointed. You said disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's okay. Let's talk about the next last one. last last movie of the week. Also, twenty twenty two movie. Um, so we watched Fire Island with three of our close friends. We had a little um friend hang with like the intention of watching this movie. So it's on Disney Plus. Just came out. Uh, directed by Andrew Ahn. Written by Joel Kim Booster, starring Joel Kim Booster, Bowen Yang, Margaret Cho, Conrad Rickamora, um, and a few other people. I'm going <laughs> to stop it there. Nice. Uh, so the synopsis, I'm going to read two of them because one of them we spent a long time making fun of. Okay. So the synopsis on IMDb is a pair of best friends set out to have a legendary week-long summer vacation with the help of cheap rosé and a group of eclectic friends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know that anybody drank rosé in it, but maybe they did. And the, the Disney Plus synopsis, which is like where you go to watch this movie if you're in Canada, is this rom-com is a multicultural examination of queerness and romance. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> this rom-com is about romance? <laughs> you don't say. A romantic, funny rom-com? Is this movie also about comedy? <laughs> <laughs> what is rom-com? <laughs> anyway, what a goofy-ass summary it, it got we got a lot of mileage out of that between the five of us i think that we we, roasted, riffed, I think we, we like roasted and riffed on it for like five yeah, minutes probably. before the movie yeah we were just it, it was a good time um yeah so this this movie i don't even know that it was on your radar i was just like hey we should get together with the boys and watch fire island and you were like what's fire island <laughs> yeah i'm like they made another fire festival documentary <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely not that um so what did you think of this movie you didn't really know much about? We watched a trailer before we before we um watched yeah. it, but what'd you think? Um, I mean, first off, like I love that it's like a queer maiden starring movie. Like it's nice nice to see that. It's nice to see that representation and that movies like this are being made. Yeah, and it's not all white. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, great. Um but uh yeah, like I really like Bowen Yang. Like mm-hmm. uh I watched like a few of his like SNL bits uh, on YouTube quite frequently. Um, I also like him. He's in Nora from Queens, right? Yeah, he's really funny. He's in that. great in that. He's a great foil to Aquafina in uh, in that show. Yeah, um, and Margaret Cho's in here too. And like, I kind of I, I you like, like Margaret Cho. I just like what like she, she's very 
she's a big like cameo queen. Where, she, what do you know her from? Oh, it's like I don't know. She's just like wherever <laughs> I, wherever she pops up, I'm just like I like seeing her and stuff. Okay, I'm not convinced you've seen her in anything. I've seen her in stuff. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen her in stuff. All right, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like this isn't. Uh, I also we got a lot of mileage out of Conrad Ricamora because he we only know him from, from how, how to get, get away, away with, with murder. murder and we just like a lot of jokes at his expense for being in that show. I mean, in in general, this was a really different movie watching experience than what we usually do because like we definitely at like we've we go to movies with friends and we've gone to movies with these friends. Um, but when you're in the theater, you're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, this brought me back to when I was in high school in like last half of grade 12, I all of a sudden had like a group of friends. Like before that, I'd always kind of like had different friends from different groups. And so like we wouldn't all get together. I'd like go hang out with this person. And then the next day I might hang out with this person, but it wasn't a group getting together. And then all of a sudden it was like that 70s show minus the weed, like, yeah. um, where I had this group and we would get together and. It was my friend Garrett, who we've talked about before, like we'd get together at his parents' place and we would just like rent movies, usually like older horror movies. And we would make a big pot of like craft dinner and we'd all share it or we'd get like ice cream and we'd all share it. And we'd just like chat through the whole movie where like the movie was almost tangential to what we were doing. Like it was like we put on the movies so that we could make fun of the movie. Yeah. Um. And we we kind of did that with I I don't know that that was anyone's intention setting out but we paused the movie a lot there's a lot of jokes yeah at the movie's expense and it reminded me of that it brought me back to that time and I mean we watched um the descent a couple like a a while ago um with a couple friends and in 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 our house instead of at like the theater and, and we definitely had more chatting and joking and that kind of thing there too it's it's fun it is fun it's a different way to watch a movie and it's not how we typically watch movies but it's pretty fun yeah yeah i agree um in terms of this movie like it's not really breaking the mold in terms of like kind of stories that we have seen before i mean we realized early on that this is just pride and prejudice i mean it's not just pride and prejudice it's <laughs> Like, I take I take issue with the just. It, it is Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get the distinction? Like, I think, like, the just implies that, like, we should think less of this movie because of that. But, like, if it was just an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, would you be like, it's just Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> like, no. And so it is Pride and Prejudice. But here's the funny thing. I don't know anything about Pride no, and Prejudice. Yeah, no context of what like, Pride and Prejudice is. The the our friends that we were watching it with, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, there's a rain scene in Pride and Prejudice," and I'm like, "I don't, I don't even know. I know there's a Mr. Darcy, yeah, I, and that's it. And I know that Colin Firth was him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've never read the book. I've never seen the movie, and I don't really know anything about it because I, um, quite famously, I'm not that into Victorian literature or film, um." quite famously <laughs> then we when we were reading up on pride and prejudice after we found out that apparently bridget jones is also a loose adaptation of pride and prejudice i have seen that once did not like it also colin firth correct yep um so yeah it is like it is the pride and prejudice story but through a as the disney plus 
synopsis says, through a multicultural queer lens. Yes. Which there's an importance in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, a fresh take on this very old story. And I'm, I'll, I'll say a more fun take on this story. Pride and Prejudice sounds boring. Yeah. Sorry to everyone who really likes it. Yeah. Sorry, Kira Knightley. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like it was, it was fun. Like yeah. it was a really easy watch. Like, yeah. And like they're, oh, they do such a great job of like characters that are so fun to hate. Yeah. That are like so over the top character caricatures that you're just like, you know, you're supposed to hate this person, but oh, is it fun to hate them? Yeah. Um, there was a scene storyline that like it troubled me how it was handled. Yeah. I, and that really brought the movie as a whole down for me because I thought that that was like a pretty important thing to like it was pretty integral to the story. Yeah. And I didn't love the language that was used around it or what we were shown of it. I thought that was unnecessary. Yeah. Um and like the way it was wrapped up, I just thought for something as important as that, it probably needed to be I would have appreciated it being handled differently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like chatting with our friends after the movie, um, it just kind of like they were kind of saying like it leans into some tropes about gay culture in relation to drugs and sex that are yeah. great. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, one of our friends said was that like could have used more like not that this is not a direct quote, but. Um, could have used like more sex positivity and less drug use. Like, yeah. Um, and I agree, like, on the sentiment that it brought the movie down for me. The the scene I'm talking about or the drug use? Um, just just like the scene you're talking about, but also just hearing hearing that and yeah. thinking and reflecting on that. It's like, yeah, like it definitely takes this thing that I thought was like really fun, but like it has it just kind of once you start bringing the like, reality of things and the co- like the real consequences that some of these things have and the repercussions and yeah it just like it, well, it, it it has a heaviness to it and there are these scenes that kind of explore that like the not to just be like you can't party and party culture is wrong like not yeah. saying that yeah, yeah, yeah but that there are some moments where you see potential things that can happen in party party culture and yet they're not lingered on or like nuanced in the way they look at it um it just maintains that level of fun maybe to its detriment yeah in terms of its ability to then parse important discursive things yes i agree but it is pretty fun yeah in terms of a rom-com if i'm gonna watch a movie that's not really like totally something i would usually watch i'd rather watch something queer in that in that genre um, I'd rather watch something created by, you know, folks who don't often get to make major motion films. So, like, was really excited to see um, Joel Kim Booster as, like, a gay Asian man making this this film and being the writer and the star. Like, I'm always going to watch that over Bridget Jones's Diary. Totally. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, glad it exists, but not my favorite rom-com or queer rom-com or queer movie. Yeah. I How to make you feel. Uh yeah, just happy that it exists and that movies like this are being made and shared and the people, like you said, 
you know, we haven't heard a lot of their voices or being able to like tap into more mainstream um, media and make these these bigger films and films that people have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was mostly fun, but like I was a little bummed and a little concerned at times and that brought yeah. down the fun for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I am glad it exists. Yeah. And I think I think it's worth a watch and just keep in your as always, um, just because there's an element of a film that I don't like doesn't mean I think that the film shouldn't exist or people shouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. I just think that those conversations are important to have, which is why we talk about movies. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Heck um, yeah. Yeah. So it's time. It is time. Let's talk in about the, bad dads yeah, and rad dads. In anticipation of Father's Day. Yes. Which is a complicated day for many, including us. Yeah. Let's uh, do the thing we do every week and talk about bad dads and rad dads. Yes. Who's your bad dad nomination? My bad dad nominee. You didn't even mention this actor, but it's Scott Speedman's character of Lang from Crimes of the Future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Scott Speedman of um, The Strangers fame. So I picked him because he is absent when it matters that he be present. Not a great quality in a father. Um, (laughs) Really not overly concerned with the needs of his kid, even when he is highly aware of what his kid might need. Right. And so selfishly focused on his cause that it's scary. Yeah. And and puts his kid in, in danger. Yeah. I want none of those things in a father. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Um, sounds like you didn't even think about Lang. No. Uh, my pick was actually the character of Noah from Fire Island, played by Joel Kim Booster. Oh, that's kind of mean. Well, here's the thing. Is I that, get where you're coming from, but tell me. Is that like he has this idea of what is best for me and what I need and what I should do and how I should go about my life and... It's just like that's the exact kind of energy, dad energy that I don't want. I I get that, but I also think that the character of Noah like reflects on that and um like corrects that and, and will have that in mind in future. And like that is what I want in all the relationships in my life. That like we have the ability to be flawed humans and not always do things right, but encourage reflection and change and conversation and communication. And I think that happens with that character. Mm. Yeah. I also think it's a bad, uh, bad choice when there's other really bad dads. <laughs> he's he might be a bad dad, but he's not the he's well, not the worst. No, because no, I'm gonna I'm gonna press on that. That I think you know I think of that character of like Greg Kinnear from Little Miss Sunshine, and we made that argument that we didn't put him on our list because he's reflective and like you know, to a degree changes and there's a sense that that change will continue forth past the movie. And mm. I think that that's true of the character of Noah too, that yes, I agree with you on those things um, when we look at the uh, the start of the film, but I don't think that carries through throughout the film or by the end of it. And so do yeah. we do we fault a character for, for being dynamic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I think that, I think that, because for yeah, so much of the movie, that's just kind of Noah's energy. So it it just like it sits it sat with me for a really long time, and then yeah, it just kind of like. Do you remember what Scott Speedman character does near the end of Crimes of the Future? 
in relation to his fatherly role? (laughs) And you think Noah's worse? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, you're right. You're right. I just like, again, (laughs) that movie didn't hold my attention. So clearly (laughs) you forgot about it. Totally forgot. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that there's a degree to which it's a it's it's not a great quality when someone is so hyper focused on another person's needs that they can't see that they're overstepping and that like just because they want someone something for someone they care about that doesn't mean it's the right thing or that that person wants that that's not a quality i want in a father either but i think that the character of lang is uh far worse yeah that's fair yep because at the heart of the character of noah is a desire to see how we be happy yeah he just doesn't go about it in a way that's very productive yeah or or consider considering of what how he wants um but lang (laughs) (laughs) i can't say anything because it would spoil everything but like oh boy yeah yep let's give it to lang okay so scott speedman's character of lang from crimes of the future get out of here yeah don't be our dad yeah bugger (laughs) off um Rad Dad. Yeah, who'd you pick? So I actually, I was doing some thinking on this. I was kind of between two characters, but I went with Nobayo, Sakura Ando from Shoplifters. Oh. So like. She's big. Yeah, very babely. But I was. The That's other, the like mom. Yeah, yeah. So the other one I was between was like, kind of, I felt like, you know, maybe it's rude to say, but like the low hanging fruit of Osamu. It's like another yeah, another he, he great choice. Yeah. yeah. But like when I was kind of reflecting back a little bit more, Nobayo, Nobayo has this really like, has like a tenderness and like a warmth to her. And like it's Osamu that's bringing people into the home and introducing new family members. And she's just really welcoming of that. Mm-hmm. And she also does seem to be like the, like have the like, the, the head wow i can't speak like she's got her head on her shoulders in a way that like not all of the other characters do and like really has to be the one who sees reality at times when other people can't yeah like she there's not a lot of uh naivety no to her no but there is to uh yeah for sure yeah so that's yeah that's like it just it feels like her role in this is just very um intentional but again yeah like it's just thoughtful warm welcoming and i thought that that was a i thought those were really great qualities to have that like kind of i don't know they just like lift a little bit heavier than samu but who'd you pick um i feel like you're gonna take this one because i kind of when i was i was thinking about it and i was thinking about osamu and i just thought i really like that character Mm -hmm. um but I, I feel his relationship to the concept of dad is is too complex to just stamp rad dad on it. I yeah. He has learning yeah. he has learning and growing to do. I agree. Um and he's on his way. Yes. But I'm not ready to name him that. So I actually picked um Mamadou Ati's character of Ramsey from Jurassic World Dominion. Um yeah, okay. My my thought process of this was that he's incredibly calm in a crisis. Yes. Yeah. That he sees the big picture. Like he's like the Connor McDavid of Jurassic World Dominion, like <laughs> just to bring it back to the Oilers. <laughs> like he's he sees the plays before they happen and he can get where he needs to be. 
Um, and boy, does he have moral integrity. Yeah. Like, yeah. so those are, those are all qualities I would love in a dad. Yeah. Um, but I feel like your choice is better. I think so too. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I also <laughs> just like stick a fork in me. I'm done. I also just feel like it's a bit of a detriment of Jurassic World Dominion that we just didn't get a lot. That <laughs> Chris Pratt is not the rad dad. I feel, I also like, I don't feel like Chris Pratt was even had like a big role in that movie. <laughs> like, but I think we're supposed to think he's a rad dad. He's fine. I don't care about him. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about him. Um, um, okay. Cool. So, no bio from Shoplifters. Be our, Be our dad. dad. All right. You got a rad wreck. I do. I'm going to try not be too verbose about it. Um, but I'm going to start my, like, my, uh, my rad wreck is to support local when you can. Hey, that's real nice. Um, I know it's not always possible, but when you can, I think, you know, taking a look at this thing that you're wanting to do or wanting to buy or wanting to engage with, is there a way to support a local business? Um, and if there is, and it's feasible for you, I think it's great to, to look into that. And this is coming um, from... You, the, had a, you had a big local week. I had a big, big local day. Yeah. Week. Month. <laughs> Year. <laughs> um, I had a I had a very local Saturday, a very local yesterday. And it was one of the loveliest days I've ever had. I was just by myself. I was getting my hair done. I have a wonderful hairstylist who I see every two weeks. I see that. I see him more than I see most of my friends. Um, so that's always lovely. And I was like, okay, well, while I'm it's it's in downtown Edmonton and we since we moved, we're even further away from downtown Edmonton. Um, so I thought, you know, while I'm out, I had some pants I wanted to get repaired. Also a rad wreck. Repair your clothes rather than getting rid of them. Yeah. If you can. Um, so there's this wonderful shop. I'm going to name all these businesses because they were so wonderful. Um, there's a shop in downtown Edmonton. It's in the Oliver area, 124th, called Arturo Denim. First of all, they have great, they have a little vintage section. They they carry Stay Home Club stuff, which is like one of my favorite brands out of Montreal, like most of my clothing is from there. Um, they have their own jeans that they make, but they also repair denim. And they do a fantastic job of it. Um, so I went in there and I just had like the loveliest conversation with the person who was working there and ended up chatting about how we're going to Toronto to see Peter Hook in the light. And she was like, I lived in Toronto for seven years. And then we like talked for uh, quite a while and she gave me like recommendations of things to do and places to eat. Um, and so I just like left feeling really like lovely and light. And then like right next door to Arturo is Listen Records, um, which we don't go to as often as we go to Blackbird, just because Blackbird's on white and we're usually there more. But I went in there and while they didn't have most of the records I wanted, <laughs> yeah. um, the person who was working there was really lovely about like looking them up for me, letting me know if they've carried them in the past or if they've never had them or if they're not even in their system. Did find one record. I got the newest Julian Baker record on vinyl. Um, and then, and then uh, they, the, the person working there saw that I was wearing an A24, like it's a T-West uh, X shirt. Not T-West. Gosh. Ty West. Yeah. A Ty West uh, X shirt, A24. And they were like, hey, I like your A24 shirt. And then we ended up talking about movies for like 15 minutes until another customer came in. And we were talking about music. And we were talking about like 
you know, seeing bands at festivals versus in their own venues. And that was such a lovely conversation. And I just then I left feeling even like more warm and light. And then I went to acquire tea to get some tea and I'd never been there. And there's two people working there and they were so sweet and they were so lovely. And we ended up talking and I like ended up sharing that I was a teacher. And then we talked about like the end of the year and being a teacher. And I was just so happy. So lovely. Yeah. So and I just feel like like that can happen at any store. But there was just some, I don't know, it was a really beautiful day and it made me like really happy that I just stopped into these three places and didn't like order that record online. Um, I also wasn't looking for that record and then I found it and I got it and it made me really happy and retail therapy. Not that I'm encouraging that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really lovely little day popping around these local shops and all of the people there were so nice and lovely and um Support local when you can. That's great. I love that. Great rad rack. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We drop new episodes every Thursday. And, you know, you can follow us and slide into our DMs over on our Instagram at baddad.raddad. We have a Twitter, which is at baddadraddad. And you can get a sneak peek at what we've been watching on our individual letterboxed accounts. Uh, links for those are in the show notes. And we would absolutely love you forever if you could share a little show with anybody in your life who loves podcasts, loves movies, or loves a couple of little stinkers that talk about those things. We'd also love you forever if you could drop us a rating, review, or a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. And that's going to do it for these two stinkies this week. So until next time. I'm Kylie and my dad's dead. I'm Elliot and my dad's a deadbeat. But remember. Not all dads have to be bad. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.